The America's National Parks Podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at LLBean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. It's no secret that at some national parks, visitation steeply drops in the winter months. Cold temperatures, biting winds, and cloudy skies are enough to keep all but the hardiest of adventurers away. If traveling in the off-season has intimidated you before, you're not alone. But winter offers a unique opportunity to see a landscape unlike any other throughout the year. In some parks, snow delicately hangs on branches, lakes and ponds are covered with ice, and forests are still. Dressing properly is the key to success. Make sure you dress in layers and wear warm boots, a hat, gloves, and a warm jacket. Fleece is a great insulating layer, and wool socks will keep your feet warm even if they get wet. Leave the cotton clothing at home as it soaks up moisture easily if you break a sweat. It then loses its ability to insulate and won't easily dry out, creating a risk of hypothermia. You can bring along hand and toe warmers to break out when your fingers get cold or a thermos of hot cocoa to warm yourself up on a hike. With the right clothing at your disposal, you'll be ready to hit the snow-covered trails in no time. Many parks have opportunities to cross-country ski, snowshoe, hike, or drive and watch for wildlife. One advantage of traveling to national parks in the winter is learning about how the local animals have adapted to survive in the cold, harsh conditions. Now that's how you can survive the colds of northern parks in the winter. But this week on America's National Parks, we journey to gates of the Arctic, Yellowstone, and Glacier for three stories of survival from the wildlife that call them home. How would you want to spend winter outside? How about just sleeping through it. On the wide-open tundra plains of Gates of the Arctic National Park, one small mammal scurries over plants and through burrows in the fall, trying to eat enough food to last through the harshest winters on the planet. Arctic ground squirrels are one of the best examples of hibernators worldwide. They spend a whopping eight months of the year hibernating underground, while the outside air can drop to 50 degrees below zero Fahrenheit or less. While they sleep, they reach the coldest body temperature of any mammal on Earth, sometimes dipping below freezing. After their metabolism slows to this point, the ground squirrel starts unconsciously shivering, which warms their body temperature back up to 98 degrees Fahrenheit over the course of just 12 to 15 hours. This process happens every three weeks for the duration of the winter, freezing, shivering, freezing, and shivering. It's just enough energy to keep them warm and alive until the spring thaw. The process doesn't keep the squirrels completely out of danger. Some Arctic ground squirrels don't ever wake up after lowering their metabolic rates to such dangerously low levels. Nearly every predator in the Arctic 
depends on Arctic ground squirrels to survive. This makes them a keystone species, or an especially important part of the ecosystem. Their prominent position in the food web makes them a useful indicator of changing ecosystems. Arctic ground squirrels are also called ecosystem engineers because of the way they change their physical environment. They create burrows in the dry tundra soil, and as they travel through them, they transport nutrients when they store food or create waste. This can even change the plant communities that grow near burrow entrances. As the leaves change color in the north, Arctic ground squirrels are busy forging as much as they can to store enough fat in their bodies for the winter. They eat leaves, seeds, fruits, flowers, and roots of plants, as well as mushrooms and the occasional dead animal carcass. Some individuals will nearly double their body weight, and they head into hibernation as soon as they have enough fat to survive. This means young Arctic ground squirrels are often the last left on the landscape, as they're less experienced and take longer to find food. Scientists are studying the Arctic ground squirrel to benefit human medicine. At the beginning of hibernation, proteins in the squirrel's brains are modified and change shape. A similar process happens in humans with Alzheimer's disease. And yet, when the Arctic ground squirrels rewarm and awaken in the spring, those proteins bounce back to their original healthy structure. Studying this process could help medical researchers understand how the squirrel's brain is able to repair itself so seamlessly. It may even offer valuable treatments or a cure for Alzheimer's patients. Next up, we take a trip to the northern Great Plains, where winds scour and snow blankets the landscape. A herd of bison lay curled in the snow. Snow collects on their heads and backs, caking their fur and camouflaging them against the fields. Their curved horns stand out amongst the stark white background. Here's Abigail Trebu. In Yellowstone National Park, cold air temperatures create perfect conditions for steaming geysers all day long. As snow covers the land, skis, snowshoes, and snowmobiles are used for travel and recreation. Temperatures can drop to 30 below zero or less, and most of the park will be covered in 150 inches of snow each year, though higher elevations may get up to 400 inches. Bison are the largest terrestrial animal in North America. They are often mistakenly called buffalo. And in 2016, they were named the National Mammal of the United States. Bison do not sleep through the winter, nor do they leave for warmer climates. They stick out the winter winds and storms in their home ranges, using their enormous heads to push snow off of grasses for food. The massive hump on a bison's back holds powerful muscles that help them swing their heads from side to side as they plow the snow. It's not uncommon for them to dig through two feet of snow to reach the grass. Just like we don our warmest jackets for winter, many animals do the same. Each fall, bison grow a woolly underfur coat that provides insulation and coarse guard hairs on top that protect them from the elements. Yellowstone National Park says that the bison's coat is such a good insulator that the snow collecting on its fur doesn't melt from the bison's body heat. When a storm rolls in across the plains, bison choose to hunker down in the snow and wait for it to pass. 
In these cases of extreme cold temperatures, their skin thickens and fatty deposits appear in their body to keep the bison warm. 30 million bison once roamed the prairie stretching from Texas to Canada. A mass hunting expedition aided by the new Continental Railroad started in the early 1800s, leaving fewer than 1,000 bison 80 years later. Most were killed in large numbers for sport, and later large groups were decimated for farmland. Today, there are around 500,000 in North America, though most are kept in captivity and raised for their meat. In terms of conservation, bison are considered to be ecologically extinct. Their numbers are so low that, compared to the past, they no longer interact as significantly with other species. In a snowy mountainous forest, several types of pine trees depend on a single bird to spread their seeds. This jay-like bird is gray with black wings and can be easily distinguished by its flash of white wing and tail feathers as it swoops between trees, popping seeds out of pine cones and burying them in nearby soil for safekeeping. We've previously discussed the famous Going to the Sun Road in Glacier National Park. Though it's close to driving in the winter, the snow that accumulates becomes the perfect winter ski and snowshoe route. There are also snowshoe and ski trail routes in Apgar Village. On one of your ranger-led snowshoe hikes in Glacier National Park, you may be able to hear the long, grating call of the Clark's Nutcracker. The Clark's Nutcracker doesn't sleep through the winter, but instead it migrates. While some animals seasonally travel long distances across oceans and continents, some only migrate short distances. Or in this case, change in elevation. Here's Abigail again. The Clark's Nutcracker named for Captain William Clark of Lewis and Clark fame, is normally found high in the mountains of the West, flitting between subalpine forests near treeline. They have a long black bill that acts like a dagger to pull seeds out of large pine cones. They're picky about which ones they keep. The nutcracker will click the seed in its bill to test for its soundness, and in certain kinds of pines, they will only choose dark brown seeds. Instead of eating them, they carry the seeds in a pouch under their tongue and cache them or bury them for the winter. Imagine carrying up to 90 seeds under your tongue for safekeeping. A single Clark's nutcracker will bury tens of thousands of seeds each year. Surprisingly, it can remember the location of most of them, but any seeds it doesn't retrieve are important to growing new pine saplings and forests. Many pine trees, including whitebark, limber, Colorado pinyon, and southwestern pines, depend on the nutcrackers to carry their seeds from one mountainside to another. This is an example of a symbiotic relationship, when two plants or animals depend so closely on each other. After so many years of depending on one another, the pine cones, their seeds, and even the trees themselves have evolved to have shapes that are unique compared to other pine trees whose seeds are dispersed by the wind. Despite the harsh winter environments, Clark's nutcrackers are able to breed in January or February, feeding nestlings with the stored seeds they buried the previous fall. 
This is an important adaptation because it means that the birds can start hatching and growing while snow still blankets the forest floor. White bark pine seeds are a perfect source of energy at this time of year, as they have more calories than chocolate. Male nutcrackers take their turn warming the eggs against the winter winds, while the female uncovers seeds out of the buried caches. Each season, most Clark's nutcrackers will migrate to lower and warmer elevations in the fall, sometimes making it out to nearby lowlands. The distance they migrate is dependent on how much food is available in the mountains. In years with less food, they will travel even farther away from their typical nesting territory. Because the Clark's nutcrackers live in higher elevation, they may be more vulnerable to the effects of climate change in the future, losing much of their lower elevation ranges. It's also possible that in the future, losing pine trees to fire, disease, and bark beetle outbreaks could impact the Clark's nutcracker as their main source of food declines. Just a couple weeks ago, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced it was considering listing the white bark pine as a threatened species. There's a 60-day public comment period that you can submit to using the information listed in the show notes for this episode. Whether you find yourself in the warm desert or the snow-covered plains this winter, be sure to find fresh air and get outside. A warm jacket, hat, and gloves can go a long way in making us comfortable in the cold season, and you'll be rewarded with quiet, unique landscapes covered in frost and snow. Even in a backyard, you can spot your own tenacious critters that have all adapted to survive these chilly winter months. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu, and written by Lindsay Taylor, whose blog, The Curiosity Chronicles, can be found on the webpage for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, we love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America Podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. <laughs>